Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. We're talking baseball in the program today. I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, the Ole Miss beat writer. I'm joined by our Mississippi State writer, Dalton Middleton, and by Brad Henderson, the Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader. We're going to double team triple team this uh, Ole Miss Mississippi State Series coming up this weekend. Guys, uh, how are you? Morning, Parrish. Hey, Brad. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good over here. Okay, Dalton. In, in yep, <clears throat> wait, wait, waiting on you. Waiting on you to check in there. Hey, folks, lots to talk about in the program. Before we get there, we want to uh, thank our sponsors, the Oxford Park Commission. We appreciate uh, OPC coming along for the ride with us. Uh, they're getting ready for summer day camp uh, for you folks with uh, kids ages 5 to 13. Registration begins online uh, April 16th at 8 a.m. Uh, that's at OxfordParkCommission.com, or you can sign up by visiting the Coach Howell Activity Center. Camp is for ages 5 to 13. It's $300 per camper per session. Sessions run June 1 to 25 and July 5 to 30. Drop-off begins each day at 7.30 and children must be picked up by 5.30. Games, arts and crafts, swimming and outdoor activities are just some of the things the campers will participate in daily. And OPC is looking for lifeguards. You must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Apply online at OxfordMS.net or contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at OxfordParkCommission.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at OxfordParkCommission.com. And Brad, uh, tell us what's going on with Alpha Insurance, man. Well, it's same old, same old, Parrish. Beautiful weather. Just trying to get out, see some people. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Starkville a while ago. I may have to creep over to Octavia Hall County. Uh, Thursday and Friday and call on some folks. But, uh, yeah, just enjoying this weather and just trying to get out and see as many people as I can. Well, would you write Mike Bianco a policy to cover any damages incurred against the Bulldogs? <laughs> would you feel – Yeah, if it, would, if it would help against the uh, the walks and the hit-by-pitch, I would write him as many policies as he wanted. So, uh, but, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into it. Well, I'll tell you what uh, – I'm going to go ahead, Brad, and take this opportunity to embarrass you a little bit because sure. uh, most people probably don't know that the career hits leader uh, at Ole Miss uh, grew up such a diehard Mississippi State fan. And I think that your parents, didn't they have like a bully statue in the yard or something like that? <laughs> they did. And they're both, uh, they are both graduates of Mississippi State. And I was born in the uh, Octavia Hall County Hospital. So uh, when my dad was the the baseball coach at Starkville High School. So a lot of Mississippi State ties. They, everyone now has since moved on from that, by the way. But, yeah, grew up a huge Mississippi State fan, left field lounge, back at the old Duty Noble, and, uh, yeah, a lot of good memories there. Well, I will tell you this, and uh, I think both of you would probably agree. Um, hey, the rivalry is fun to talk about. Sometimes uh, people go overboard with it. Uh, but – Man, it's just about people. It's about people and relationships. And, and that's why uh, someone who grew up a diehard Mississippi State fan can, uh, can go to the other side. If the other side is where opportunities are, uh, then you, have, you get to play, you have a career. And, and ultimately, 
it's it's about friendships and relationships, you know, whether you're an athlete or not. I mean, that's that was my take on the college experience there at the, the university formerly known as, as Northeast Louisiana uh, there in Monroe. What about you, uh, Dalton? Uh, you, you hate the Rebels? No, I, I didn't grow up a Mississippi State fan. So uh, I went to Mississippi State, and I think I had – Honestly, I probably had more friends that were Ole Miss fans than I did Mississippi State fans in college. So I was always in Oxford uh, hanging out. I was always in Oxford enjoying myself. I had the, my buddies in Oxford come down to Starville all the time. And um, so now there's a, there's no, I don't have any bad blood for any universities. <laughs> hey, Dalton, why don't you start us off, man, with a state series against Auburn this weekend. Just tell us what you saw. I, I know Auburn is still sitting on one conference win. Um, but I just – I don't think that's a terrible baseball team. I mean, I go back to what I saw from them uh, in Oxford. Now, that's – you know, that's uh, that's been a, some time ago now. That was opening weekend. A lot of things change. You know, teams change. They get better or worse. They get healthier sometimes over the course of a season. But I remember a team that I thought competed well with two strikes. They were hard to put away with two strikes. They kept swinging, kept hacking, and sometimes that worked out for them. Uh, they were a team against Ole Miss that came back in both games, uh, came back uh, and, and really uh, made the Rebels sweat in game two. Uh, in game uh, three, when it was similar to the Ole Miss-Arkansas game in game three, except it was the Rebels who got way ahead and Auburn who came back, and Auburn was not able to come back all the way and tie the game. But I just uh, – I mean, I saw a team that leaving that series, I'm surprised that they are, what, 1-11 in conference play right now? Yeah, and I saw the same thing this weekend. Um, you look at the, the Friday night game, I think State was up 5-2. to two, And uh, they, like you mentioned, just the, the hitting and just kind of keeps them in the game there. And it was 5-2. They strike back for a couple runs in the in the seventh or eighth inning there. And then Mississippi State just kind of takes the lead late on a really a, a little bloop double that lands in the infield that shouldn't land in the infield. And then, you know, a ground out and a pop fly later and, you know, Mississippi State has the lead. And then, of course, Landon Sims just comes in and shuts them down. They win that game. And then Saturday, it was really just mostly State. You know, Will Bedner was on the mound, and he uh, he was he was, he was was excellent this weekend. And then on Sunday, State puts up a 10 spot in the first inning. And Auburn really did fight back for a while. You know, they scored two runs in the first, two runs in the four, in the second. And all of a sudden, you know, it's six-run lead, but their bullpen pitching was just not able to – keep Mississippi State uh, contained and stadiums up winning that game 19 to 10. I know y'all had, y'all had a, a high score game over there in Oxford as well, but um, yeah, the, the, what I saw from state though, is this, I don't know if it's them turning the corner or if it was just again, them kind of feasting on some Auburn pitching that wasn't fantastic, but outside of the Friday uh, game against the Green Hill kid, that's a really good pitcher. Um, this was their best hitting weekend of the season. And, you know, they, they had, I think, 32 hits or something across the weekend and then six home runs, a lot of extra base hits. And you saw a lot of guys where I think Josh Hatcher, uh, you know, starting first baseman, he's, I think he was hitting like 115 or something in, in SEC play. He was like four of 35 or something like that. I think he had four hits this weekend. So he had as many hits this weekend against Auburn as he did in the first three series of, of SEC play. And then, Saw that with Cameron James, had a good weekend, Tanner Allen. And, 
you know, it, I don't know if this is going to be a weekend where they where they look back on and say, you know, that was really where we started hitting, or if it was just a weekend where they kind of, you know, took some anger out on a team that didn't have great bullpen pitching. You know, um, as somebody who was not a great hitter like me in high school baseball, I never played past that. I don't know if uh, if one weekend can turn around your season like that as a team or as an individual player at all, because you know it's such a long season. But uh, that's what I saw from State. You know. They, they pitched well, uh, like they have all season outside of the Sunday game. And that was the best hitting weekend they've had all year. So I guess they're kind of uh, hitting the right notes at the right time. Well, Brad, what I just heard there was Mississippi State's bullpen pitched really well. And uh, and they also uh, had a good weekend on offense uh, against mm -hmm. Auburn. And when I compare that to what I saw from Ole Miss in the Arkansas series, I saw uh, a bullpen that was really uh, concerning – uh, in the number of runs that it gave up. I, I have Ole Miss for giving up, I think, 19 runs from the bullpen over the three games, plus two inherited runs. Uh, they came in, uh, three runs were charged to Hoagland in his start after he uh, really had a no-hitter going through five innings. A no-hit shutout, uh, you know, he tired in the sixth, uh, gave up some hits, uh, but he left the game with a three-to-one lead. So the bullpen gave up 19 runs plus two inherited runs. Uh, a big concern, but offensively, I, I thought the Tim Elko injury last week kind of sucked the air out of the conversation for Ole Miss. Everything was just about Tim Elko and 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 how would the Rebels uh, replace uh, his production? And, and it is going to be hard. And, and one weekend is not uh, an, a sufficient body of work to judge that. But they hit 344. They hit 344 against Arkansas. Pretty good staff. What did what did you see from Ole Miss in that series? Well, on, on the pitching, I, I wouldn't say it's concerning. I, I would say they had a poor weekend. Uh, they, they've been too good all year to just throw out, boy, I, I'm really going to get concerned about this because it, the flip side of it is Arkansas is really good offensively, and they put a lot of pressure on you. Uh, the, the thing that was disappointing was that – you know, they had 30 walks and three hit batters. That, that's the disappointing thing. And Mike said it in the post game that uh, Sunday was probably the worst game in his 21-year career that he's seen as far as the staff goes. Uh, just in Sunday alone, we had 17 walks and, and two hit batters. Uh, and still had a ch chance to win. That, that's what's crazy. And then going into the weekend, you're sitting there, all the talk was how are we going to replace Tim Elko? And we bang out 46 hits on the weekend and score 30 runs. So just when we think we're about to figure something out, we don't figure anything out in this game. That's the one thing I took away from this weekend was uh, where we've been so good all year was on the mound. And, uh-oh, we got to worry about losing Tim Elko. Was, everything was backwards this weekend. So, again, it's just two really good baseball teams that played two, three really good games. And, uh, and Ole Miss came out on the short end of the stick on, on Sunday because they got down 11 to nothing after three innings because they weren't good. And credit Arkansas, but Ole Miss just wasn't good on Sunday. So, uh, obviously, they'll have to put that behind them. But are they going to have to go back to the drawing boards? No, I don't think so. I think they go back to, obviously, their three starters. And then, you know, with Myers and McDaniel and, and try and close everything out with uh, – with Broadway. It just didn't work this weekend, and it happens. Uh, so, but Starville should be rocking this weekend, so maybe that can get back on track in front of a really rowdy crowd down there in, in Mississippi State. I will say, Brad, that, um, 
yeah, in the larger picture of the bullpen has had some has had some good moments. Um, but they did give up a, a number of runs against, uh, gosh, Auburn, I think, in the first series, maybe 14 runs from the bullpen uh, that weekend. But what stuck with me was what uh, what Mike told us. I don't know if you heard the same thing, but when he was talking with uh, the beat writers after, he sounded like a guy who was really searching for someone in middle relief to elevate themselves in middle relief. We've seen Broadway be good. Broadway was good against Saturday. Uh, as the closer, and I thought really the difference, one of the differences, man, there's so many differences, I guess, in an 18 to 14 game, but uh, when you look back at that game three for Ole Miss and Arkansas, when it when it got down to it and both of those coaches had to reach back and get their guy, uh, their guy who had thrown a lot of pitches, almost the same number of pitches the day before, Kevin Copps had thrown 42, and he was not lockdown. Ole Miss hit him a little bit, but in an extended outing, he was more effective than Broadway, and Broadway really only got an inning. Okay? That's right. But, uh, but I think uh, Carl Lafferty, who was the coach at that time, because, <laughs> because Mike had, had been affected, um, Carl Lafferty saw enough in what Broadway was doing or not doing at that time to go and get him. And in that inning, I think two hits, two walks, maybe just one run, you know, still striking out people, and he got out of it. But I would say that that cops at the end of the game was more effective than Broadway when both of them were making a second appearance. And uh, and I think just think depth, and, and maybe it's because cops was effective. We didn't have to see, you know, how deep that Arkansas pin could go. But when when Broadway had to come out of the game, there just there was not another upper tier arm. Uh, for Ole Miss to go to. And uh, anyway, I, I thought Mike sounded like somebody who was searching, searching for somebody there in middle relief to come up. And I talked with Carl a little bit uh, yesterday, Carl Lafferty, and it sounds like uh, they might consider uh, um, a change in the Sunday spot with uh, Derek Diamond. If they do, I would imagine that would be uh, Drew McDaniel. Uh, I haven't looked, Brad, have you looked to see who's starting tonight against Austin P. Because that uh, Myers, okay, yeah, is so projected. That, that, uh, that Myers is projected. Yeah, if if you want to uh, be a conspiracy theory theorist like uh, we are sometimes in the media, that could lead you down the path to uh, Drew McDaniel being in the rotation on the weekend since he's not starting. The other side of that would be, hey, the guy threw a lot last week, <laughs> and he had yeah, I tried. He yeah. had two appearances last week. So anyway, could be a fluid situation for Ole Miss there in the bullpen. Uh, Dalton, as, as you look at Mississippi State right now, at, at this juncture of the season, I think we went into the season thinking the Bulldogs would have good pitching. Uh, are they are they who you thought they would be at this point? Uh, up to this point, yeah. You know, the pitching has been the pitching. Of course, um, the Arkansas weekend, they got kind of knocked around, but Arkansas is a really good hitting team. And uh, – State has a couple of guys that, uh, like Christian McLeod, got hit a few for a few home runs. He kind of leaves a few things up every once in a while, um, and they hit him for a few home runs. And they just, I think Arkansas had its best hitting weekend of the season against State. Um, but you know, outside of that weekend, State's pitching staff has been fantastic. You know, they uh, week after week, you know, you see the the starters only go about five or six innings. You know, they don't they don't push them more, much more than that. Once they get about 80, 85 pitches, they pull them. 
Um, so you'll see them go about five or six innings, and they just let the bullpen go to work. You know, State's had 26, I think, bullpen arms this year uh, pitching a game. So they're just, you know, on Friday night they'll throw McLeod and then and then toss out Preston Johnson or Brandon Smith and then, you know, Cam Toller and a couple of those guys just to get a few outs. And then Landon Sims, of course, comes in and does what Landon Sims does. Um, but hitting-wise, uh, I feel like State has been – outside of this past weekend has been really, really bad. Um, they're hitting about 230 entering the Auburn weekend in SEC play and just not getting hits at all. You know, they haven't, they haven't had much power either. When they, when they do score runs, it's mostly because, you know, they'll, they'll you know, put together three or four singles, a walk, you know, an error or something. Um, but they hit six home runs this weekend. So I don't know, like I said earlier, I don't know if that's them turning a corner or if that's just Auburn, but, uh, they're about what I expected. You know, they're a good fielding team, solid fielding team. They make a few errors here and there. They Once they moved Cameron James from shortstop to third base, the defense really took a step up. Um, and pitching exactly what, what everyone expected. You know, I think I think Christian McLeod and Will Bednar have both right about a two a high twos, low threes ERA. I think that's about as good as you can ask for if you're not Kumar Rocker or Jack uh, Leiter. Um, and then – you know, Jackson Fristo is a freshman on Sunday. He's, he's, I think he has a high threes. Um, he has some command issues every once in a while, but yeah, I think, I think they're exactly about what I expect them to be. Um, I would imagine if you're a state fan, you probably would have liked them to grab one of those games against uh, Arkansas and they'd be sitting with a nine and three record if they did that. But, you know, they're uh, so far in SEC play, you know, they get swept by Auburn. Probably would you know you would have liked to see them get one, but they've swept who they should have swept and uh, won two out of three in Baton Rouge when LSU was at full health. So I think people around here are pretty happy with where they're at right now. Uh, Brad, I would think that Mike would really want to see his starters be a little more be be efficient with their pitches, go deeper into games if they can than what they than what they did in the Arkansas series. I mean, if, if you're looking for somebody to uh, become one of your pieces uh, in front of of uh, Taylor Broadway, you might really just won't need those starters who have been very good to get a little bit deeper uh, into the game. I, I thought uh, uh, Gunner was really good, but sometimes the, the very nature of uh, being a strikeout pitcher is you're going to throw more pitches. And, uh, and it's Sometimes it's harder to do. He was really good. What was it, eight innings against Auburn? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's he has extended himself in games this year. But uh, what's what do you think about uh, the starting pitching for Ole Miss? Do they can they could they get that deep against uh, a good Mississippi State team? Yeah, I think they can. I, I think kind of like what Dalton's talking about, that both teams have really good starters. So it wouldn't shock me to see McLeod and, and Hogland go seven innings apiece and then try and get to that bullpen. Um, you know, again, I just go back to Arkansas is just really good offensively. Uh, they, they make you work. Uh, and, and then once they see kind of blood in the water, uh, they, they go after you. And that's they did it all weekend, and it snowballed. And, and then when you, when you compound that with you can't – we were pitching tentatively, and they were hitting – hitting pitches in the zone. So, you know, I think you just credit them. Uh, yeah. But on the on the flip side, Parrish, I think Mike's right when he says we've got to have that, that long middle guy uh, who can come in and get us off the field. 
make that pitch to get us back in the dugout. Because if you look very rarely, unless they're at a huge pitch count, Mike doesn't – he doesn't pull guys in between the innings. He pulls Gunner and Doug in the sixth or seventh inning when they give up a hit or a run. So most of these guys are inheriting runners, which yeah. is a little bit of added pressure on that on that middle middle guy. You know, instead of running him out there to start the inning, he's right. coming in with first and second and, and having to make unbelievable pitches right out of the gate. And so I think some of that's unfair to that guy because he's yeah. putting a lot more pressure situation than yeah. – starting the inning off, you know, nobody on, nobody out. Yeah. Uh, we, we very rarely run him out there to start the inning. Most of the time, 90% of the time, he's coming in to get out of a jam. Yeah, and uh, Wes Burton's uh, appearance there against Arkansas looks a lot different maybe if he comes out to start an inning instead of coming in and giving up that home run ball early with two on base. Yeah, uh, and, and it, it, it makes a difference, you know. And, again, I, I don't think Michael changed what he's doing. Right. Uh, but those guys get kind of thrown in a fire where uh, their numbers, would, I think, would be a lot better if they came in in an OO, you know, nobody out situation. Uh, but, again, it is what it is. I think he's right. I, I don't think right now we're as deep as he wants us to be. Uh, but it depends on what series you look at. You look at Auburn and, and, and Alabama, it was exactly how you draw it up. Gunner gets you six or seven. You bring in Myers for one or two, and then, then Broadway closes it. And then Saturday, Nikhazy gets you six or seven. You bring McDaniel in for one or two, and Broadway closes it. And then you're sitting on Sunday with Diamond. You're hoping to get four or five out of Diamond. And then it's, you know, Johnny Holstaff, and, and we swept both series. So, you know, I see both sides. We're just yeah. on the downside of back-to-back -back series losses. Uh, but how they drew it up the first two weekends was, was exactly how you would, would want it to go. All right, uh, no Ole Miss and Mississippi State series last year, of course. There was no SEC play. Uh, Ole Miss hasn't won the series since 15. The last time they won in Starkville, won the series, was 14. Uh, Dalton, with Chris Lamonis coming into uh, uh, his role as Mississippi State coach with uh, uh, no history there in the program, no history in the series. I mean, what's, how does he look at this series? Is, is this uh, an intense thing for him? Parents, I honestly don't know the answer to that because uh, he we haven't talked to him about it, and he didn't he didn't. Of course, when they have away games, they don't have any press conferences, so we didn't talk to him at all this weekend. And um, and then you know I haven't talked to him about it before in the past, so I honestly don't know. But um, I could see it. You know, it it seems like in baseball it's a little different than maybe the football and with the fans. Well, the fans probably will treat it the same, but uh, all these kids grow up playing together. So, you know, I think it's not too intense because you got to think, you know, I mean, probably what, I mean, I'm exaggerating here, what, 50% of the players all come from Jackson Prep. So, I mean, all those kids play together every single day. <laughs> um, but, you know, all, all these guys are friends. You know, you, you see them on, on social media interacting with each other, tweeting back and forth on Instagram stuff. So, I don't know if it's going to be – I don't know if it's quite as intense between the actual teams and coaches and such um, as it is the fan bases. But yeah, I don't I don't know how uh, Lamontis use it. I imagine we'll probably get to talk to him tonight after the game and uh, get his thoughts a little more on it and see what he says about Ole Miss. But uh, I don't know right now. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brad, as a beat writer, you know when when we start in July, really with football and and football, 
you know, is very intense and, and uh, you know, the, the anxiety factor is high and, and paranoia. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Ole Miss had an open practice uh, Saturday, which I was thankful for. So I'm thinking, man, this is a, a rare opportunity to uh, go in and, and watch these guys. And, and so I, you know, a bunch of fans there. And so I get up in the stadium and I get up high in the end zone. So I'm alone and I get out my binoculars so I can see because I'm in my 50s and that's more important now. Okay. Uh, and I got a notepad going on. And, and then about halfway into practice, this guy, very polite young man, shows up, uh, you know, next to me and says, basically, sir, well, who are you and what are you doing? And, and, uh, and, and the paranoia, even for this open practice for the fans, was, was on display because they, they felt like I had the look of, uh, of an assistant coach for another team. Personally, I thought that was profiling and that I might have a complaint against the university. But, uh, you know, I, I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, long way to get to the question for you. Uh, as, a, as a player, you know, again, we go through the seasons where there's, you know, basketball is intense, football is intense. Baseball, you play 53 games, you don't have time to get your panties in a wad. But for you as a player, for these guys, how intense is, is this series? What is, what is that, that rivalry series like? Well, for me personally, and, and Dalton hit on it, we were buddies with all them. Uh, and, and I know the fans wouldn't want to hear this, but back in the 90s, uh, after, after the game, we wouldn't have dinner with them, you know, because uh, we grew up playing with them. Uh, you know, I grew up playing with Dustin Dabbs in Tupelo. You know, we were teammates. We grew up at Chesterville together. We've been playing together since we were nine years old. So it wasn't like I was going to go to Starkville and not spend time with one of my one of my best friends. It didn't make sense. You know, uh, you, you know, Brad Freeman was from Oxford. You, you just build a relationship with those guys. And I just think it's more about the fans. Now, I will say back then, I think there was a lot more in-state kids on both teams. And you don't see that as much because they recruit nationally now. Uh, a lot more, especially Ole Miss. Back then, Mississippi State was obviously ha has had a lot of tradition, and and they were recruiting nationally at that point. But it, it's just a, I think it's more of a fan, the fans, uh, for the fans, and clearly for the coaches, it, it's a they want to win si si simply because of the recruiting, uh, something that kind of they can hang their hat on, and obviously it's an important series in in the, in the conference, but it. At the end of the day, is it any more important than the Alabama series or, or the LSU? No, they all count the same. You're trying to win as many conference games as you can to put yourself in the best position for the postseason. So, no, the rivalry is 99% for the fans um, and, the, and the players. They'll be emotional. Don't get me wrong. They'll be fired up. I wanted to beat Mississippi State as bad as anybody. Uh, but it kind of, it's not kind of like – it's not like the Mullen – uh, freeze, you know, we're, we're fixing to duke it out before the before kickoff type type deal. No, we usually would wave to them and talk to them and, and let them know we'll catch up with them after the game type deal. Man, I haven't heard Dustin Dabb's name in years. That uh, <laughs> brings back some, some memories there. Uh, look, I, I think the most important thing here is just you know, get some SEC wins uh, on your resume. We've, we've got the uh, – the regional host announcement coming earlier this year. That's going to come out the week of May 12th. So you're not going to be able to uh, secure a regional spot with a late run. Uh, Ole Miss has uh, had some really nice SEC tournament runs. 
that has uh, that has helped their seeding uh, from time to time. Uh, you're not going to have that this year. So I think the biggest thing for both of these teams, and they're both sitting pretty good right now at eight and four. I think the biggest thing is get some wins uh, on the resume, and uh, you know, and and see uh, how you stack up at the end. So uh, we'll see if uh, the Rebels can pull out a win uh, in Starkville. Uh, we'll see uh, if the Bulldogs uh, actually did turn a corner uh, on offense uh, at Auburn. Lots of uh, lots of answers. So we won't have all the answers, man. You don't have all the answers to the end. You know, this, the season just kind of evolves. But uh, lots of answers maybe uh, after the series this weekend in Starkville. Folks, that will wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Check out our work, Dalton and uh, myself, at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss and Mississippi State pages and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford, Mississippi State discussion with Dalton Middleton. Lots of good things uh, in those groups. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.